Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome to episode 384 of Geek Town Radio. I am back this week with... How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's great to be back. Good. Broken foot, but <laughs> I'm yes. glad you could hop onto the podcast. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> what have you been up to other than injuring yourself? Since I've had a lot more time at home, <laughs> I've actually switched to a couple of movies. So let's start with the first one, which is called Hellfest. Yes. Um, it's from 2018. It's a horror. It didn't do big sort of numbers at the time, but main reason I went to watch it is because it starred Bex Taylor-Klaus, who you might know of Arrow fame or Voltron on Netflix. Ah, okay. And also happens to star Rain Edwards, who stars in The Wilds, that recently cancelled show over on Prime Video. Right, yes. And it's pretty much to run my numbers teen horror. So like the prodigal daughter, sort of, basically the friend who moved away to college, comes back to her hometown to stay with her best friend. And my guess this is around Halloween. And so they go to this absolutely huge dream park, which is called Hellfest, this amusement park. It's yes. horror themed, as you might have guessed. Yeah, of course. And yeah, it's just about this group of friends having fun. Unbeknownst to them, though, as we see at the beginning, we get a little thing at a similar place. People being chased down by a killer with a mask. Well, obviously, hacks them up in very creative ways. Of course. I guess. So, we, so with that, that's the opening scene. With that, we pretty much know what's going to happen. And so we sort of follow the friends through and, what, and you know, place our bets on who will get to the end. Yes. Pretty solid, quite straightforward. Those are the sort of two sort of biggest names that I immediately recognized from the guys. Oh, and Tony Todd. Oh, yes. Horror MVP. Yes. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I don't think it's a mass one, but there's no connection. Obviously, in some horror films, there are connections. Yes. But in this one, no. Right. Okay. Yeah. It was just um, a bit. So, yeah, just, just enjoy the thing. And it's an interesting sort of idea because obviously you have this thing of there's someone chasing us. You're interested in a horror amusement park. Everyone's meant to be chasing you. That's <laughs> the whole idea. Yeah. It's interesting. There's some interesting people behind it as well. You've got the guy that directed it, Gregory Plotkin, he's had involvement on the paranormal activity franchise I don't think he was director I think he was editor on some of those or producer or something Gailand Hurd was producer on this who is Walking Dead she's Mm -hmm. involved in that and it's writer was the guy that wrote Light as a Feather that series oh I love Light as a Feather yes I seem to remember you liking that so yes it was a good choice for you this yeah 
pretty straightforward a simple purchase on whatever VOD thing you have yes nice to sit down for an evening with a few friends and some popcorn yeah you're into those sorts of horror movie things yes why not Mm -hmm. yeah so going with the next film because as you know I rarely watch films I went for Unhuman which is a horror film and I came here by way of the star Brianchu who appears in Light as a Feather ah there you go Dave with the psychic links there um <laughs> she also appeared in the prime video i know we did last summer yes yes which that series. is an amazing underrated one season horror series does it wrap okay at the end of that first season it gives an okay ending mm-hmm. it does pretty much wrap everything up but it definitely leaves you thinking well, where are we going from here because this is insane this is <laughs> right but yeah it, it is i would say definitely one of the best ones i would definitely rate it say better than like the first season of screen tv series right okay and yeah the other season got was as much worse than that and i never watched a reboot series can never find it right so basically this is a group of high school students and their bus crashes on a field trip we see a little bit of the interpersonal drama beforehand and that sort of comes to the fore as they sort of find themselves running away from this dangerous thing not sure if it's a person or something else Mm -hmm. and I can't really tell you anything more because anything else will be a spoiler because it's not what you expect okay it's pretty weird it's pretty out there it's a comedy horror very much on the sort of zany side of things Right. Another person that you might recognize would be Benjamin Wadsworth, who starred in Deadly Class. Right, okay. Yes. Um, alongside Wong himself. Those are sort of two that I would instantly recognize. Cool. And yeah, it's, just, it's a crazy little horror comedy. It's a comedy. It feels very much like a horror satire more. Right. Okay. But a very different thing, that different than, say, how Scream was. Right. But yeah, I would say it's, it's interesting. It's, I think it's probably, if you like your horror sort of innovative and doing something different, it's a better choice than going for Hellfest. Which is pretty straightforward. Yeah. So if you want to try that out. Cool. Back into the realms of TV, where mm-hmm. I'm far more comfortable. I finished The Power. Yes. How was that? Thing. That's the prime video series about girls that get electric power, don't they? Yes. Yes. On season as a whole, it's pretty interesting. From the outside looking in, yeah, it is very much about women who get the power to use electricity. But obviously, it's more of the effect of that. So right. they're not necessarily running around constantly using their powers. Yeah, it's but not like it's a... very much it's very much the effect of society just losing their collective minds mm-hmm. and we follow a number of different viewpoints a mayor the mother of a young woman who has the power in seattle and she sort of finds herself being the spokesperson for the women with the power mm-hmm. um a nigerian aspiring blogger journalist who's basically one of the first people to publish the story. Right. A troubled young black woman, teenager, who runs away from an abusive situation. A daughter of a crime boss in London. Yes. And we follow a former Olympian who is now the wife of the president of Carpathia. Okay. I mean, that's all of them. And we just obviously go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth through all of these people. And they start to come together. It's based on the book of the same name. Came out, I think, in 2016. I think I looked up it a little while ago. The book's a one-off. I don't know how far it goes, but I suspect it probably goes a little bit further than we get to in the season. Right. 
it feels like maybe half or a third of a book. Okay. If you're going into watching it, nothing gets resolved. Mm. Um, it's just a story that keeps on moving because the real story is just watching how the world deals with it. Yeah. Just viewed through the lenses of these people. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it's not sort of about them using superpowers and stuff. It's yeah. it's yeah. far more it's about the there. effect of what if these sort of powers are out in the world. It's got a really solid cast for it. I mean, you've got... Tony Collette in there, John yeah. Lake Magano, Eddie Marsden plays that crime boss from London yeah. that you mentioned. Jahid Jamong in there, who is currently on Ted Lasso as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, there's some fairly decent names kicking around in that cast, I would say. Oh, yeah, definitely. It had a troubled production. Right. Because um, I believe it started filming before COVID. Ah. And also the fact that it did actually film internationally. So it was several countries. Yeah. So I think that hampered it quite a lot. So so that's the thing that leaves me a bit concerned about whether or not it's going to get the renewal nod mm-hmm. just because of the time that would have passed from when it was actually filmed and whether people are going to be available. Yeah. But I think it's more than worthy of getting renewal. Definitely the sort of storytelling that I think Amazon should be doing going forward. Yeah. You need to have a few of these really interesting big swings, I yeah, think. Yeah, totally. But there is a definite problem in the pacing. Right. It makes me wonder if maybe that's like an editing thing because of the fact that the production was so hampered. Yeah, possibly. There is good story here. Definitely if you can binge it or if you have the ability to like watch like a couple episodes at once past the first episodes we got access to when we were watching the normal way. I think it's more rewarding. Okay. I very much hope it gets renewed. I very nervous that they didn't do it nice and early. Yeah, because that's the thing. When it comes to Prime Video, they tend to jump on renewals fairly quickly. I mean, not always, but <laughs> difficult to say, isn't it, really, mm. with that, whether what the situation is. And like you say, it might be a case of they're trying to figure out whether it's even feasible, given that the length of time from when it was filmed to now, how many actors are available and that sort of thing. So Yeah, so that's that. So on that, I watched, just because it had escaped my attention, and I literally saw, talking beforehand, and I saw the announcement for season three, and I was like, season three, what the heck is this? So I had a look, and this is Departure. Yes. Which is a Canadian-Europe production, mm-hmm. um, by the look of it. And it stars Archie Punjabi, you might know from The Good Fight. Yeah. Good wife and a host yeah, of Yeah, I mean, things. yes, massive amount massive of stuff, stuff that woman's been yeah. in, yeah. Blindspot was the other big thing she was in. Was she in Blindspot? Oh. Yeah, she was in Blindspot in uh, various seasons. I think she popped up in Life on Mars at one point as well. Anyway, so it follows National Transportation Safety Board for Europe and the unit of them, um, which is headed by Archie Punjabi, who, as we find out, like in the first episode or so that she's been away following an accident that killed her husband. We don't really find anything out of that for the time, but basically she's brought back because a flight going from London to New York, I believe, disappears yeah. on, on its way there. It's post-Malaysia Airlines, so they even make reference to that during it. And basically we follow the investigation with her team, which is of overseen by Howard Lawson, played by Christopher Plummer. Mm-hmm. Sadly, now departed Christopher yeah, Plummer. Yeah, departed. He, um, uh, yes, apparently that was his final on-screen performance was actually in the second season of that. Yeah, it's interesting. I could tell you without letting it too much go that there is conspiracy. Of course. Um, but the main sort of thing is that obviously the fight between the manufacturer of this particular 
airplane, which Barry is very new, and it's just about to have dozens of planes orders for, for two countries, which would obviously make them billions. So they very much wanted to be pilot error. Now, Archie Punjabi is very much a, we have to get to the truth, we have to look at all possibilities. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of people who I would recognize just because I watch a lot of Canadian TV. Yeah, I was going to say, um, it's like each one of those shows that you look at and go, well, this is shot in Canada. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it's shot in Canada and it has that Euro Noir sort of everything looks like it's raining even when it's not tint on it. But people who you may have seen that you know of, Chris Holden Reed. Yeah. You might remember from things like The Listener and Lost Girl. Yes. Peter Mensa, who appears in the first, I think it was probably uh, Midnight. That's the last year I probably saw him before this. Yeah. Midnight, Texas. Yeah, and he was in um, the Spartacus series as well, oh, if we're okay. going back a bit. Uh, he popped up in 300, the movie as well. I mean, he's been in loads of stuff. Yeah, he's, one he's, of those. he's all over, but yeah. he's, a pretty, he's a pretty well-known uh, conversation. Um, Sasha Ruiz from Caprica. He's in a lot of shows as well. Shazad Latif for um, Star Trek Discovery fans. Right, yes. He, he appears in that, um, as well as um, Tamara Duarte, who appeared in Winona Earp. So right. a lot of Canadian-based matches and actresses. One, it's, it was great. I just watched it. I think I watched three episodes one day, and then two the next, and then, then just finished off with the last one. It is only six episodes long. Even though it's six episodes, I feel like it gets through more content than you see in a 22-episode American show, because it is just constantly going and constantly constantly yeah. um, sending off little plot lines that will come straight back to you. Not if it's the pacing, but the structuring can sometimes come across a little bit cheesy because everything goes in for a, put things like a cliffhanger. There's a cliffhanger every episode at right. the end, no matter what. And it's yeah, after a while it gets to be a bit annoying because like, for instance, you know someone knows something, but for whatever reason, you won't be able to ask them for three more episodes to get an answer. Yeah. Which is sort of, mm, that feels a little bit contrived, but I can see why. But it doesn't detract from things too much. It was a very fun watch. I was very impressed. I wasn't expecting it to be that good. It reminds me a bit of Ransom. I don't know if you ever watched that, which was a Canadian-based thing, which basically followed hostage negotiators, and they would just jet around the world solving issues with a very charismatic guy who was like former FBI. I recommend it. And he watched it over My Five, and there was a second season. I just started the first episode of that one. It's got a bit of a different feel, so I have, I'm holding my things on that. A lot of fun. Yeah, I've watched the second season. I really quite enjoyed it. The first season is a plane crash. The second season, I think, is a rail clash, and I think yeah, the third season a, is a boat. So they changed the format slightly with each season. It's a different sort of accident each season. The third season, which I didn't think it aired here, but looking on the Wikipedia page, it reckons that it, it has. But oh. I don't think it has. But the third season has Eric McCall Mac in it from you know, Will and Grace and Travellers and all that other good stuff. Certainly you can get the first and second seasons on Sky and Now and don't think the third season is up anywhere yet. Mm. I don't think it's aired. I feel like it's barely started even if it has. Well that's the weird thing. I mean it's got a UK air date on the Wikipedia page but it's not yet aired in Canada. So that seems weird if that's the yeah. case. So I, yeah, I don't I think. think that later. Yeah, I don't think it's aired in the UK yet. There's an error, I think, in the listings on there. Yeah. Anyway, back to it. The last thing I was watching was um, FBI International. Right. Yes. One of the many, many Dick Wolf shows. <laughs> yes. Which is part of the Dick Wolf FBI verse. And it follows, as it might sound, a team 
of FBI agents based, I believe it's Budapest, and basically they respond to issues in Europe that intend to involve either criminals that are wanted by US or US citizens who get caught up in things. Yes. I just thought I'd take a chance on it just because I tried FBI, I didn't really like that. I tried Most Wanted, didn't really get into it either. So I tried this one, it seems a slightly better fit. It's pretty straightforward. No sort of notable stars that I can recognize, but all interesting, decent actors. The lead guy, Agent Scott Forrester, is played by Luke Kleintank, and he is very much exactly what you would expect an American FBI agent abroad to be, especially in the first season. He very much does that brash, my way of the highway sort of thing, and comes into clashes with local enforcement fairly often but obviously he has a like a handler from Europol right okay who smooths things around and makes arrangements dealing with the local enforcement the stories are interesting because they're all obviously one-off stories it's very action-packed it's the same format you've seen before in things like Criminal Minds anything that involves like traveling around and the I guess it factor for this is that Scott Forster's mother was a decorated FBI agent until she became a traitor and disappeared. So right. that sort of hangs over him. Just looking at the cast, because I mean, I don't watch any of the Dick Wolf shows. Uh, Luke Kleintank was, he was in Bones, actually. Played oh. Finn in Bones. He was also in Man in the High Castle as well, was the Prime Video series. And Hyder Reed is the other star who was yeah. in Poldark and Silent Witness. She popped up in as well. Oh. But Poldark's probably, she was Elizabeth Poldark in Poldark. Um, those are the sort of big lead characters, I guess. From Iceland, apparently. Yeah, there you go. Yes, I mean, the big controversy with the Dick Wolf stuff is Sky Witness, who air all this stuff in the UK, yeah. uh, have picked up every single Dick Wolf show that is currently a procedural on air at the moment, apart from the original Laura in order, which is slightly unfortunate because they've just started airing them and there's a three-part crossover in the start of the three Law and Orders and it ends with mm. the uh, a crossover event with the final revival Law and Order series but nobody's airing that over here so it means the third part of the crossover is missing. Interestingly NBC has told Sky that the story still works without that final part which I'm not entirely sure what that says about the writing on the Law and Order series but, <laughs> but apparently if you if it still works with a third of it missing but yes I mean anyway well, I do know Americans have they have a they have sort of two styles of crossovers when it comes to these sorts of shows they do have the ones which are separate which I guess they're saying this one is but they do have ones that do tell a much more continuous connected story I think it is a continuous story across the other two Law and Orders yeah but it's, and then, the thing is it's not tied directly so so for instance on the really tight ones you'd hear about it in the episode after, whereas in the other ones you wouldn't forget what I mean. Those are sorts of ones where you might send one or two members of the other cast over to the other shows. Yeah, I mean, I don't know with this. I think possibly part of the reason is you're mainly dealing with the court case because that's how the format of Law and Order is like half of the episode is sort Mm -hmm. of the action and half of it is the court case. So I think because you're mainly dealing with sort of the court case, it's more the aftermath of it. The overall sort of catching the bad guy, I think, must happen in the first two Law and Orders, and we've got both of those. And then the court case bit, which happens in the third, you just won't get to see that bit, I guess. But it's just strange that nobody's picked that up, and particularly Sky not having picked that up, given that they air, like, quite literally every other Dick Wolf series. So (laughs) 
for me, I've still got a bunch of things running along, mainly Citadel, which is the Prime Video series, which is effectively Richard Madden's Bond audition tape. They've dropped a trailer for Mission Impossible. People are saying, well, how silly is it? Well, Mission Impossible. No, how, how silly is Citadel? Because Citadel is a very silly show. When I watched the first episode, yeah, it felt a bit silly. It is silly and over the top, but I don't think it's any worse than the Mission Impossible stuff, oh, no. which of course Mission had the Impossible new trailer. Was wacky. Yeah, and, and it's, it's a step away. It's a step away from animation. Yeah, no, I mean, and and it is sort of up there with that kind of level of silly wackiness, but it is fun and it's well constructed. There's some good stories. It's interesting because the main actual plot, really, for the last two episodes, doesn't really move forward. It's been kind of all backstory. I mean, it's been fun and interesting, and like the backstory is quite good, but they've not like moved the main overall plot forward very much in those episodes. It's like inched the main plot forward the last two episodes and like just all been backstory. But I'm still really enjoying it. I mean, it's a fun bit of escapism. Citadel on Prime Video, that is. Silo, I'm really, really enjoying. Top quality, like at the other end of the scale of being really solid Apple dystopian sci-fi, very, very well written, amazing cast, well acted. I mean, that's a brilliant show. I'm really, really good. And then back over on Prime, I'm watching Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which also has quite a lot of uh, backstory in this season as well. I think because it's the final season, they're kind of going back and revisiting bits of Midge's life and covering bits which they're kind of never going to get the chance to do again, as well as putting in some flash forwards as well, which has been really interesting. So, um, and that's sort of coming to its conclusion right now. But I mean, that's been a solid show from start to finish. It's incredibly well written. It's very, very, very funny. And it's the dialogue in it. I mean, it's from the Paladinos who wrote the Gilmore Girls. And if you like the Gilmore Girls and you like that sort of fast paced, jokey dialogue, you'll love that. If you've not picked up Mrs. Maisel, it, it is an amazing, amazing show. In terms of new things, well, new to me anyway, Inside Man I watched, mm-hmm. which has been kicking around on iPlayer for ages, but yep. it popped up on Netflix this week. And I was like, oh, I meant to watch that when it was on the BBC and I completely forgot. I mean, just in case anybody hasn't actually watched it yet, I'm not going to give any way, away any sort of major plot points. But mm. uh, the basic setup of it is you've got this prisoner who is on death row, who is played by Stanley Tucci. He's on death row for murdering his wife. We don't really find out how or why he murders his wife, uh, other than it was fairly kind of gruesome what he did. He's an incredibly charming, interesting, normal person on the face of it. Mm. Uh, And he solves crimes. He has a degree in criminology and he solves crimes for people that come in to actually seek his advice. So he's sort of this cross between sort of Sherlock and Hannibal Lecter. If you've ever seen the film Manhunter, he's that sort of Brian Cox version of Hannibal Lecter, who seems like a very intelligent, very normal human being. And then has the sort of investigative stuff of... Sherlock going on in there. It is, of course, written by Stephen Moffat, who co-wrote Sherlock anyway. So that's one character. Then over in the UK, you've got Lydia West, who is playing Beth, who is this reporter, and you get the introduction scene to her is her being harassed by somebody in a train and just a random sort of passerby. She's helped by a woman called Janice, who is played by Dolly Wells. And then there is a local vicar, who is played by David Tennant. And those are the key players in it. And somehow this murderer that is on death row in the US, this vicar and this woman Janice and the reporter all end up merging into one story. It's basically something that starts out as a bit of a misunderstanding and just spirals wildly, wildly out of control. 
I really rather enjoyed it. There are a few slightly overly creative leaps in certain places with particularly the way the vicar acts. That's what turned me off. Yeah, it's, and I, I can understand that because you do look at some of the actions that the vicar takes and go, would he really do that? Because it's David Tennant, he sort of gets away with playing it. But that would be my only criticism of it would be the motivations of that character don't quite work. And it's a bit of a stretch. It feels a bit of a leap. But overall, I think the story works okay. And I do like Stanley Tucci's character a lot. So I would be very interested to see whether they do any more of these, if they could work out a way of making that happen. But I quite enjoyed it as a series. It's only four episodes, so it's not a lot to get through. But it's it's called Inside Man. It is up on iPlayer and it is also on Netflix now. So you've got a choice of where you go and uh, find it. Other than that, just been playing quite a lot more of Star Wars Jedi Survivor. It is actually running okay on my PC. They've pushed out just another about update. That. Just yes. about that. We're playing it on, and if you had any problems with it, it's generally running pretty okay. I've had a couple of points where the character has got stuck somewhere where it shouldn't have been, and I've had to shut down the game and restart it to to sort of reset it. But okay. generally, I've not been having crashes on it since they put these other updates on. But yeah, I mean, I do understand that it has been a complete cluster, the launch of this. It's looking nice. It's running okay. And as I said before, I'm not got a particularly powerful PC. I mean, it's not low end, but it's not like a, you know, it's a fairly sort of mid-level gaming PC and it's running okay on that perfectly well. The story itself is quite enjoyable. I have got the combat turned way down because I'm trying to play it through for the story more than actually. I mean, it's fun waving a lightsaber around, but it just annoys me getting killed on working out enemies i don't enjoy that side of things the puzzles are quite good fun there's quite a lot of platformy type puzzles in there as well and jumping about and that sort of stuff so there's a lot to do in it and uh, i am really quite enjoying it but whether it's worth the amount of money and it should never have gone out in the state that it went out in i think that would be fair comment uh, but i've seen that's you could force that in stone and put it in front of like the video game industry well yes should you shipped it like this yes absolutely true but i think that is kind of the point the state it's in now, it is no worse than any other AAA game that's yeah. been released. I mean, if you think of all the really high-profile games that were released and had terrible launches, I mean, Cyberpunk mm. is the other one that comes to mind, which played fine for me, but I know people had issues with it. I think it is one of those things that's unfortunate that that's just how the industry is. Um, yeah. Why you don't it, pre-order games. I think it's funny to note that like, I can remember watching a few YouTube videos of people playing Cyberpunk on Stadia because obviously it worked fine because obviously it had nothing to do with them and they were streaming it yeah. and having that show proof of concept yet yeah, now Stadia's long gone. Yes, there's, there's like a warehouse full of failed Google inventions, isn't there really? Of things yeah. that Google released and then stopped working. But yes, yeah. it's a shame Stadia who's part of that now but anyway oh the other thing I wanted to mention we are on a new social media I finally turned to the dark side you can find us on TikTok oh dear Geek Town UK same as our Instagram which is also Geek Town UK we're Geek Town on everything else but the names had already gone by the time I got to it for those we, you can find us on TikTok now at Geek Town UK it's mainly videos that I'm putting up on there of uh, little things from Comic Cons essentially because yeah. of course we were at Wales last week which was 
was great fun. Had a really wonderful time at Wales Comic Con. And we're at MCM next week, or at least I am. You won't be there. <laughs> no, I won't be there. <laughs> hobbling around. But uh, we will be over at MCM. Bex should be there as well. So uh, we'll be out and about at MCM next weekend as well. But yes, in the meantime, you can go and find us on TikTok. We are Geek Town UK. That's all the stuff we've been doing for the last couple of weeks. Let's move on to some TV and film news. <laughs> So we pick up the TV and film news with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. One quite big cancellation this week after the sort of flurry of cancellations we had last week. Archer is going to end. I mean, he's not really a cancellation. They are actually ending it after 14 seasons of the animated series. Yes, it is a wrap-up. I've never watched that show, but I know it's been through various iterations over the years. So I'm sure they'll come up with some mad bonkers ending for it. But I know there's some people will be sad to see that go. But at least they are actually kind of wrapping it up properly. So archer will be going after 14 seasons in the uk sky have cancelled bloods after two seasons which i have to say i was quite surprised by because that felt like a very sky comedy popular cast just didn't have the numbers by the looks of it unfortunately it the one about the ambulance crew oh so it looks at it went, that's a weird name as soon as you said ambulance went, oh i know what that is now <laughs> yes samson ko and jane horrocks are the leads in that but yeah for whatever reason they've decided to can that after two seasons i think the person that is now in charge of that stuff at sky there was an article that was up on one of the trades recently that was talking about how she's a kind of a bit ruthless apparently so if things aren't working there there are, are changes going on as they try and sort of streamline the business a little bit which is not necessarily a bad thing because i think sky have put out some stuff which just hasn't worked so that's a bit of a shame but yes Bloods has gone after two seasons in terms of the renewals there's a bunch of things that came from ABC sort of after we did the show last week and talked about all the renewals Uh, we've got some things still missing in action but ABC renewed American Idol that's back for a seventh season The Connors got its renewal that's for a sixth season Not Dead Yet has got its second season renewal which I'm very happy about because I really enjoyed the first season of that show over on Netflix they've got a number of renewals as well Outlast has been renewed for season two uh that's a alaskan survival reality series apparently Ginny and georgina that's been renewed for seasons three and four so that will be coming back for a number of seasons and virgin river has been renewed for a sixth season ahead of season five which is due to premiere on the 7th of september they have said i mean i've not watched any of those netflix shows well virgin river is huge yes i know virgin river is a big show it does it does insane numbers on netflix now that we can actually take a little look at that behind the thing sort of thing it does amazing Mm-hmm. We'll mention it later. I can see in the pickups you mentioned that there's another thing from that creator. Ah, right. Okay. Yes, we'll get to that. In terms of the stuff that is still missing in action after all the bloodbath stuff last week, CW have still got Superman, Lois, Gotham Knights, All American Homecoming outstanding. We don't know yes. what's going to get renewed out of that and what isn't. They have said that Superman and Lois is the strongest show out of the three, but it is also the most expensive show. We also know and. There is a chance that if CW decide they don't want it, there's probably a big enough audience to justify moving it to max. But then if you do that, you have the, well, it's then on the sort of platform that they're sort of reserving for the new DC TV shows. And do you want another Superman floating around in a TV show and that sort of stuff? So I don't know what they're going to do with that, but they have this said that the decision will be made sooner rather than later on those. That's all good. Because it is still airing there, which is fair enough. They don't kill it before it's done. 
Yeah, well, that's understandable. I mean, Gotham Knights numbers are fairly middling. All-American Homecoming numbers are fairly in the middle as well. So the advantage All-American Homecoming has is they've picked up the parent series. I don't see Gotham Knights surviving particularly, but we'll see. Over on NBC, they've got three comedies still outstanding, Grand Crew, Young Rock and American Auto. Hard to say which direction they'll go on any of those. Young Rock might get a pickup because they want to keep Dwayne Johnson around. Justin Spitzer, who's the person that's behind American Auto, they have another potentially a new pilot coming from him as well. So he may get this picked up to run alongside that. It's very difficult to say. Welcome to Flatch over on Fox. They've said they're not making a decision on that until after the writer's strike ends. And ABC still have Home Economics and the Rookie Feds left. They're not sure what they're doing with either of those yet, but the contracts on the casts expire at the end of June. So they've basically got to make a decision within the next month or so on what they're going to do with those two. They also announced, because it was the upfronts last week, they announced some of the new schedules for the US. So this is all the US TV, but it gives you an idea of when things are likely to land back in the UK as well. So CBS and NBC, both their schedules, I mean, apart from a slight moving around to add in new shows and things, pretty much as they were. No major changes. The moment things are listed as coming back on their schedules when they were would normally come back. Fox has not announced what their schedule is going to be, which they didn't do last year either. So fine. Uh, we don't know exactly what's happening there. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, the, the understated anger. <laughs> yes. Um, ABC was the most controversial one because literally all of the scripted shows. So that's everything from like Grey's Anatomy, Station 19, Good Doctor, 911, as that is now an ABC show because it got moved from Fox. None of that is coming back in the autumn. That's all been bumped to next year. Their entire full schedule is reality TV, game shows, and reruns of Abbott's Elementary, I think, or one of the comedies. And that's it. It's a bold decision. Yeah. I mean, of course, they're doing this because of the writer's strike, and they think the writer's strike will still be running. So they've decided that they're just going to hoof all the scripted stuff over into next year and hope that the writer's strike is sorted out early enough so they can put them on back on again. I don't disagree. Yeah, because this could go on for a while, so we'll we'll see. Over on the CW, apart from the what two shows they've picked up, which is All American and Walker, which I think is the only two things they've actually picked up. Yeah, Uh, everything else is a mixture of UK and Canadian buy-ins, basically. I can tell tell a couple of the Canadian buy-ins immediately spring to mind. It'll be I believe season two of Family Law, which stars Jewel State. Yes, as well as one half of Firestorm. Yes, yes. Um, um, yes, his name escapes me. But the thing I wanted that I mentioned before is that CW are picking up a Canadian show, which is from the author and I believe the creative team of uh, Virgin River. It's called Sullivan's Crossing. Oh, yes. Because the author, I believe, is a producer on Virgin River. She's also a producer along with the same creator on this. I've read a few reviews and they say it's very depressing. <laughs> I, don't know that, I don't know if that's, if that's a plus or a minus. It's got an interesting cast. Oh yeah, Chad um, Michael Murray's in it. Yeah. So we got Chad Michael Murray, we got Morgan Cohan um, as a star who plays Maggie. Scott Patterson from the Gilmore Girls who plays Sully, her father. 
believe she's a doctor. She returns to her hometown after a scandal, which I think is, I believe, like a partner gets caught embezzling funds or something. So anyway, she just leaves and goes back to there. And obviously, cue her dealing with the issues that she left behind in her hometown. Right. Okay. Chad Michael Murray, also from the Gilmore Girls, as well as Scott Patterson. So. Oh, yeah. In Candice on CTV and a CW staff. Yes. And I mean, given that the writer's strike, the longer this goes on, and of course, with a lot of those shows being delayed, that means Sky has got a lot of holes in its schedule coming up. So, I mean, they've already got some holes in their schedule because of all the nightly shows that have gone off air, you know. So they've got they've had a few th- holes in Sky Comedy they've had to fill with something else. When it comes to the autumn, I mean, we usually get them slightly later, but autumn, January. Yeah, it's going to get tasty. The reason that we're talking about these, even though they've been picked up in America, is things like Sullivan's Crossing, which is a Canadian TV show. There is a chance that that could end up on British TV purely to fill holes because they're going to start pulling Canadian TV in and other places and one season shows stuff like East New York I suspect that got canned on CBS last week. Rather suspect you might get some of those sort of one season series getting picked up over here just to fill yeah. slots in schedules as well. I definitely would not want to be a UK programmer for a major network because I'm looking at January and I'm thinking, oh my God. Yeah, they are going to have a nightmare when it comes to January because all the shows which usually begin in sort of September, October in America, yeah. a lot of those big ABC shows aren't starting you know so the rookie good doctor all those sort of things um as i say gray station 19 i mean they're over on disney plus anyway but yeah rookie good doctor or two that are missing there is a fairly good chance that a lot of the things like the chicago's might not make it back because if they can't write scripts for it although they are technically on the schedule at the moment there's no guarantee that schedule is going to stick so interestingly the things that cw have picked up from the uk everyone else burns was one of the things that the Channel 4 series, which was about the family that believes that there's going to be, you know, the oh, world's going yeah. to end. That one, um, yeah. which I thought was an interesting thing to pick up. Although I can't record all of that, I did have a look at like all the things that the CW decided to pick up from the UK, and there were some very interesting ones, including a sci-fi series about climate change. Oh, okay. Because I was reading about that this afternoon when I was just having a browse around for news stories. It's a very eclectic sort of thing. It's not what I expected them to go for, which was like just maybe a few dramas and maybe like one or two comedies. Yeah, I mean, they picked up The Rising as well, which was the Sky series about the girl that sort of wakes up in a lake and tries to solve her own murder. This is an interesting eclectic mix of stuff they've they've landed. But anyway, yes, moving on to pickups and other news. Staged, which has already aired its third season, actually, but it aired on BritBox and ITVX Premium for its third season. It is now going to come across to the BBC. So the Michael Sheen, David Tenant comedy series third season of that will land I really enjoyed the third season it gets very meta that third season even more so than usual it's just really good fun that show and I love seeing Michael Sheen and David Tennant together so uh, that will be coming to the BBC we haven't got a date for that yet but it is going to land on there over on Disney Plus they announced dates for Loki which season two of that is coming the 6th of October and Echo which is the new series that is coming on 29th of November 
Interestingly, Loki is going to be airing weekly. Echo, they're going to drop as a box set, which is something they've never done before. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we're used to it with Netflix, but for whatever reason, they've decided they're dropping Echo as a box set. 29th of November for that. I think there's a variety of reasons. I think one is because Echo really is literally just introduction to Kingpin and Daredevil. Yes. So I, and so I think they know that basically we've got to have 10,001 YouTube videos saying watch episode one and episode four and episode seven <laughs> to get your fill. And obviously things haven't been going quite as well for the Disney Plus side of things. And yeah. that's the movie, that's a different, that's a different discussion. And also I think if they'd done weekly, I think it would have probably stretched out into their other plans and probably hit up against other shows, probably non-Marvel shows. I did wonder that, yeah. So I think, honest, I don't think they have high hopes for it being a hit. Yeah, I mean, that may be the case and why they've decided to drop it in the box set, whereas Loki is going out weekly. Yeah, I think, I think they're much more confident about Loki doing the numbers, being at the top of like social media yeah. every week that it comes out. Well, I don't think that they would have that same sort of trust for Echo. Yeah. Outside of however many episodes Dead Devil turns up for. Yes, very true. But that's the dates for those two. So Loki, 6th of October and Echo, 29th of November. Also on Disney Plus, they've announced the date for the return of 911 Lone Star, which, as we kind of suspected, is going to be when the main 911 ends. So 28th of June, that is landing on Disney Plus UK. That comes back for the second half of its fourth season. Over on Netflix, they have announced an air date for The Chosen One, which is the 16th of August. That is an adaptation of American Jesus, which was a comic book by Mark Miller and Peter Gross. The reason it's changed to The Chosen One rather than American Jesus is because I think they've moved it to Mexico, so it doesn't really work as American Jesus anymore. But, um, I mean, Mark approved it. It was it said it actually makes quite a lot of sense having it in Mexico because there's a lot more sort of religious symbolism and stuff that, yeah. that you can play around with. That is uh, called The Chosen One, 16th of August. That is landing on Netflix. And The Winter King. It's an interesting one, this, because I released some shots of it and also announced that MGM Plus in the USA have picked up the series. It's a series coming to ITVX. It's a revisionist take on the Arthurian legend and it stars Ian DeCaster of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as Arthur and Eddie Marsden as Uther. And it's basically the right of Arthur from sort of outcast to the legendary warrior and leader. It's based on a series of books by Bernard Cornwell called The Warlord Chronicles and Otto Bashurst, who was director on Peaky Blinders, His Dark Materials and a load of other things. He's lead director on it. So you know it's going to look good. I think they're sort of aiming for this being maybe their kind of Game of Thrones type thing. But ITV didn't announce a date for it. MGM Plus in America did. So MGM Plus in America says that they're airing it on the 20th of August. So I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being around August on ITVX in the UK because it is their show, as far as I'm aware. It's made by Bad Wolf Mm. and uh, it's written by Kate Brooke, who wrote Bancroft and Discovery of Witches and Ed Whitmore, who's written on Silent Witness and Manhunt. They're the people that are writing it. So it's got a really good team. Is it a series or is it just... No, I think it's an on... There are multiple books, so I suspect it could be an ongoing thing because it is Warlord Chronicles. So there is definitely more than one book involved. So I suspect it could 
could be an ongoing thing. As I say, ITVX, which is where it's airing in the UK, haven't actually announced a date for it, but MGM Plus did, and they said they're airing it August 20th. So I assume it's going to drop in the UK around August, and we're getting it before they do, because it's an ITVX show. But we'll see. But it's called The Winter King, and uh, looks pretty good. From the, I mean, they've only released photos so far, but I do like the sound of that. A couple of other little bits of news. Deadpool 3, they've already announced a couple of the cast for that, but uh, Brianna Hildebrand and uh, Shiloi Kutsuna are both going to return in the uh, third movie. So that's Negasonic Teenage Warhead and her girlfriend, uh, whose character name I forget, but those two characters will be showing up again, which I'm very happy about because I think they're brilliant. Over on the UK, they announced Rose Matafeo and Mike Wozniak are going to be the hosts of Junior Taskmaster for Channel 4. So Rose is being the junior taskmaster and Mike Wozniak is taking the policy wog role, the sort of sidekick role in that. They're going to be the host for that. That was basically because Greg Davis isn't doing it because of his utter disdain for children. That's <laughs> 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 what the press release said, which I think is a brilliant reason. So uh, yeah, they, they've got different hosts for junior. It's probably quite sensible because I think Greg would be horribly evil to a bunch of kids if they, uh, they were doing taskmaster. Probably for the best. So probably for the best yes it was also announced last week Anton Deck taking a break from Saturday Night Takeaway which scarily has been running for 20 seasons or will have been by, by next year when they take a break Goodness, on it that's, yes that's Lord Order numbers right there yes it is yes they're going to take a break on it. they aren't saying they're ending it they're just saying they're going to rest it for a bit which I think is fair enough after they've done 20 seasons of it they're still doing other stuff they haven't said they're quitting or anything it's just particularly that show they're going to leave and break for a little bit and the other thing is we've mentioned things coming on to Disney Plus, going off Disney Plus later this week. Disney have made this bizarre decision to remove a bunch of shows, which, I mean, you can start to think, okay, fair enough. But it's the shows which they're removing is a bit weird because it's Willow is one of the shows that they're taking off, which has not actually been on there very long. Big Shot, Turner and Hooch, World According to Jeff Goldblum, Artemis Fowl, Mighty Ducks Game Changers, Why the Last Man, Dollface. There's a whole bunch of others as well. Um, uh, and that's not even a full list of it. And it's basically kind of a similar situation to remember the Batgirl movie. They cancelled oh, that. They're writing, they're writing more Dan's losses. Yeah. Although they have aired on the service, if they take them off the service, they can write the tax off against them basically from what the blurb was saying which is horrible because it essentially means that they go into a deep hole i mean it may be slightly different in that they have aired so they're not maybe permanently going into a deep hole which is the case that is what happened with batgirl but i'm sure by them taking the tax right off that means that they, they can't come back because then they would be assets again that's the whole point that it's meant to be losses you can't change losses into I assets again. i think the impression i got from what i was reading was they pay a certain amount based on the, the catalog that is on the streaming service interesting so by removing a bunch of shows that are underperforming they can reduce their paying on it certainly i mean it means that if they're pulling them off the service they don't have to pay residuals to actors and all that sort of stuff so there is that but they've already aired so you can't like say okay well just completely write them off so there's some sort of 
thing going on with them by the sounds of it. Mm. Hopefully this will mean that they may eventually pop up somewhere else and people can buy them because if if they are literally throwing them into a deep dark hole and never to be seen again, that's horrific for the people that are involved in those shows. I mean, if you're an actor, director, makeup artist, whoever you were that works on one of those shows and you're basically being told, well, you're never going to see it again. That's awful. The problem, the fact that, I mean, he's also upset people that are halfway through watching some of them because as I say, I mean, Willow's not actually been on there that long and a lot of people maybe have left it because they're like, well, I don't need to rush to watch it because it's going to be on there for ages. Mm. So it's a weird decision, but it is very much a financial decision. We're used to stuff getting taken off when it's brought in from somewhere else because licenses run out and that sort of stuff. But to do this to your own show, it's a really horrible precedent, which I think was really set by WB when they canned that Batgirl movie and the others seem to have gone, oh, we can do that. And Unfortunately, yes. Because it didn't happen before. Or if it did, it very, very sparingly. So yes, there's a worrying new trend that started of like people making things and then just going, not only is it not working, so if it's on broadcast TV, they pull it off and put it back on later. But with this, it's like, no, we're taking it off and throwing it into a hole. So... I don't know what the status of them will be later on, whether they'll come back or, or what, but that sucks for everybody, of viewers and the people involved in their show. Moving back over onto the CW, they have announced a developing new series based on an old series, The Librarians, The Next Chapter. This is a show based on the series, which I'm sure you must have covered because, I mean, I'm assuming The Librarian shoots in Canada. It feels like a very Canada show. It was before the time of the site, actually. Right, okay. So it would have wrapped up before I started. But yeah, I myself watched the entire series. It's an interesting thing. It sort of came out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, no, out of all the things you could have kind of picked up to bring back, this seems like a, an interesting one to pick up. But uh, Librarian's the next chapter. It's from Dean Devlin, who I don't think actually did the original show. He was a producer on it, but Dean Devlin's the person that was behind things like Leverage and Independence Day and a bunch of other things as well. So this new series will follow a librarian from the past who time traveled to the present and now finds himself stuck here. When he returns to his castle, which is now a museum, he inadvertently releases magic across the continent he is given a new team to help clean up the mess he made forming a new team of librarians so that is the setup for it it's unclear whether any of the original cast will be involved at all the uh, CW Entertainment president who's a man called Brad Schwartz has said that they are approaching a number of the original cast in the hopes that they at least get one to kind of come and cameo and pass the baton on if nothing else we may see people pop up we may not but it is set in the same universe it is a continuation of that franchise it's not a kind of complete reboot even though I mean the story is but it still would allow people to come back if they wanted I mean I never watched the original so I don't know how this setup works with everything else does it, it want to appeal to you? I probably need to know more but I was a big fan of, of the show so I think they could probably do well with it interesting that CW would be doing it I don't like Dean Devin does a lot of productions of his own mm-hmm. with Electric now and sometimes sci-fi they sort of tend to work together on things it's interesting to see it go there yeah I mean Dean Devlin of the show of course which I mean he revived his other series which is Leverage Redemption which actually has two of the cast Christian Kane and Noah Wilde mm. are, are both on Leverage Redemption you could maybe get some of those and like rope them across and get them to pull double duty at some point but Rebecca Rummagin is of course on Star Trek Strange New World right now playing number one 
So, you know, I don't know whether she'd be available, but we'll see. So that is in development right now. It's interesting. The press release was saying, hey, we're making this series, but it didn't actually confirm that they have actually ordered it. And it phrased it as potential new home later in the press release. But earlier in the press release, it made it sound like they had ordered it. So yeah, okay, it does say, well, you've written it here as has put into development, which is just the beginning. I mean, that means that they probably yeah. wish me to have another pilot yet. No, so they haven't piloted still, it yet. Yeah, so it's still a long way from things. So it's weird to have the person talking about it at this point. Unless like it's totally inwardly developed and they don't do that. So yeah, it's very confusing. Yes, it is a bit confusing because it was highlighted fairly strongly in the CW press release but then at the bottom of the press release when the guy is talking about it from CW is saying something along the lines of potential new home to a new librarian series. So it's unclear what exactly its status is but it sounds like they're very keen on it and they want to get the word out about it. So yes of course where that ends up over here we have no idea. I mean hopefully it gets an international pickup. So that's all the news for this week. Let's move on to some highlights for next week on TV. So, highlights for next week. We have American Born Chinese. That is the new series based on a genre-hopping graphic novel. And it's got a pretty incredible cast lined up for that. Michelle Yeoh is one of the cast in that. And uh, 24th of May for that on Disney+. Plus. American Born Chinese looks very funny, looks really good fun. So, uh, one to look out for. CSI Vegas, which returns for its last kind of four episodes, five episodes, something like that. That's uh, coming back to Alibi on the 24th of May at 9pm. Basically, somebody at Alibi miscounted, I think, or they moved the broadcast dates in the US. I'm not sure what happened, but they caught up with the US air date. That's why it went off air randomly, like four episodes before the end. So that is coming back 24th of May. That's CSI Vegas. FUBAR, which is a series that stars Arnold Schwarzenegger in his first TV series as a CIA operative who discovers a family secret and is forced to go back into the field for one last job. 25th of May on Netflix for that. That looks like it's going to be fun. Poker Face is a new series from Ryan Johnson. We talked a bit about this last week, starring Natasha Leon. It looks incredible. It's been getting rave reviews. Coming to Sky Max on the 26th of May at 9pm for Poker Face. Sister Boniface Mysteries returns for a second season on Drama. That's on 26th of May at 9pm. That's a spin-off from Father Brown. Son of a Critch, season two of that lands on Paramount Plus. That's on the 30th of May. That's another Canadian series. Black Lady Sketch Show, season four of that lands on Sky Comedy. That's on the 30th of May at 10 p.m. And White House Plumbers, which is a limited series coming to Sky Atlantic on the 30th of May at 9 p.m. It's a five-part limited series that tells the true story of how Nixon's own political saboteurs and Watergate masterminds managed to cause the president's downfall. That's been getting quite a lot of press as well. So White House Plumbers, that is 30 of May on Sky Atlantic at 9pm. That is everything from us for this week. Daryl, if they want to find more of you, where can they find you? Uh, they can head over to hollywoodnorthnews.net. I put up two stories today, just breaking everything down as kind of starts warming up for its TV season. So just head over there. Unfortunately, you won't be seeing much new content in terms of MCM because I won't be there. <laughs> but we'll be getting back to things soon enough. Yes. So go and check Daryl out at hollywoodnorthnews.net. Net. Um, if you want to see us in person, like I say, me and Bex will be down at MCM over the weekend. So uh, if you're wandering around MCM Comic Con, you'll find us down there. Bex, of course, regularly, though, you can see her over on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes. That's B-Y-T-E-S. She's been doing lots and lots of streaming over there. So uh, go and check her out throughout the week. 
Matt, you can find over on entertainmenttalk.org for lots and lots more podcasts. I'm sure there'll be some interesting Manchester United stuff this week. For us, you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions or comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website, post, find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown, on Instagram at geektownuk, and on TikTok at geektownuk. That is everything. We shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.